Amen. Well, today, this week, again, it's been Christmas, and we had just a wonderful time. If you joined us last night, we had our Christmas Eve service, and, and God just worked powerfully uh, through many who sang and, and uh, who, who spoke and who played, and it was just a great time. We had some Christmas parties this week, and, and we were sad. We got to do one out of three of our Christmas outreach programs to the school, so we got to get into Simmons uh, Elementary last week, and the kids just had a great time out there. We got to tell them that you are special, and, and God made you special. It was an awesome time. We're hoping we can do the other parties after the New Year's, uh, but God was moving powerfully this week, and I believe He's going to move powerfully this morning. Uh, well, today is our last, it's our last uh, message for our Christmas at the Movies series, and it has been a wonderful time, so we've got one more, and uh, we also have the kids in service today, so I'm going to make a request. Uh, parents, if you're cool with it, kids, can we do something special for you? Can you just uh, come on down? I want you to sit up front during the message today. So if you want to come on down, kids, uh, we're going to use you in this, and I'm going to need your help here in, in just a few minutes. So feel free, sit on this front row. You can make noise. It's going to be a good time. This is a kid's service, all right? You guys ready for this today? Welcome to our family kid's service. It's going to be a great time as we look at our last movie in our Christmas at the Movies series. Now, uh, we posted a clue this week and encouraged adults and kids to post alike, and the clue was this. In this week's Christmas movie, the main character had a dog named Max. All right, kids, any guesses? What was our movie this week with the dog named Max? Shout it out. The Grinch. The Grinch. You guys know your Christmas movies, don't you? So, we, we had The Grinch today. We are looking at The Grinch. Oh, don't you just love The Grinch? Oh, it's classic. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. And so we've got some winners that we're going to draw today. We're going to draw one kid and uh, one adult. And let's see what our prizes are today. Try not to drop them here. We've got some Grinch mugs, some Grinch tumblers. Kids, anybody want one of these? They all do. All right. So let's see what happens. We're going to draw some names. So we're going to try drawing a kid first. All right, we ready for this? All right, our winner is Lincoln Anderson. Come on down, Lincoln. All right, Lincoln, which cup do you want? Do you want this, this green Grinchy one? You want that one? That's fair. All right, so we got one more to give away. We got one more to give away. Let's see, let's draw a name here. Make sure we don't, ah, uh, that's a kid. There we go. The winner is Becca Erickson. Come on down. Come on down, Becca. You are the winner of this lovely Grinch mug. He will stare at you now for the rest of your days. Enjoy, enjoy. Well, thank you for playing our game. That was a lot of fun, joining us on Facebook and following us there. We really appreciate that. Well, this morning, uh, I'm not going to be preaching this all by myself. I'm going to have a little help. So uh, I'm going to ask our kids' pastor, Pastor Marco, why don't you, why don't you come on down and uh, see. Kids, do you see him anywhere? You know what? All right. Well, he must have stepped out for a little bit. So kids, I need you to help, right? If you guys see Pastor Marco, let me know. All right? 
you just shout it out. Let me know. Uh, at any time, he, he may show up. He, he might be ready. But uh, like I said, today we're looking at the Grinch. So I want to introduce you uh, to Mr. Grinch. Check out this video. Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now, hanging a holly who wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled for the sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. All right. The Grinch. The Grinch was not a happy guy, right? He's not a happy guy. Has anybody in here ever met a Grinch before? Somebody who's, whose head wasn't screwed on just quite right, right? Someone whose shoes were too tight. Someone whose heart was two sizes too small. You know, maybe that was your boss and, and they were just a Grinch. Maybe it was that neighbor who says, get off my lawn, right? Maybe it was that bully at school kids who likes to push you when nobody's looking and call you a silly head, right? right? There's Grinches around us. There's lots of Grinches. So today what we're looking at, the question I want to answer is, how do you reach a Grinch? How do you reach a Grinch? How do you reach somebody whose head just isn't screwed on just right? How do you reach somebody whose heart is two sizes too small? Because we know this, that God loves all people. God loves all people. He made all of us in his image, even the ones whose hearts aren't quite right. He made all of us. And, and Jesus, he came to this earth, and, and he was born as a baby, and he died on the cross, not just for the well-behaved people, but he died on the cross for the grinchiest among us. He died for all. His desires that all would be saved, that none should perish, but all would have eternal life. So if, if God loves the Grinch, then I think we probably should too, right? We should love the Grinches among us. We should reach out to the Grinches among us. So how do we reach a Grinch? So this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 9. Open them up to Acts chapter 9 because I want to introduce you to a Grinch this morning. All right? Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking at a Grinch. What's that? Where? Over where? He's over here? He's over here. Where is he at? Over... Where did he go? He, he's right where? <laughs> Are you guys pulling my leg? Okay. Well, 
You keep an eye out for the Grinch, all right? You keep an eye out for Pastor Mark. You let me know. So today, Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking at a Grinch. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to be starting with verse 1 this morning. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. You guys keep your eye out for him, all right? Keep your eye out. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 says this. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who, there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So today, the Grinch that we are looking at is a guy named Saul. Saul was a Grinch. Saul was somebody you would deem unreachable. Uh, not only did he not like people who followed Jesus, but he went and he persecuted them and, and hurt them and literally put them to death. Saul was a Grinch. So let me start, before we look at how to reach a Grinch, let me ask this. How does one become a Grinch? How do you become a Grinch? And, and I would say the key thing in becoming a Grinch is the word isolation. Isolation, right? Uh, Saul was on his own mission. He didn't have a partner. He didn't have anything else. He had his own agenda, even though he asked for permission. He was on his own mission all by himself, and, and thus he started to become a Grinch because he was in isolation. We're in danger of becoming a Grinch when we isolate ourselves. Uh, this year, our, our Impact Girls on Wednesday night, they've been learning verses every month. And, and one of the verses, uh, maybe some of you Impact Girls can remember this one, was out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And it says this, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. See, the Bible tells us we're supposed to be together. We're, we're not supposed to give up meeting together. We're supposed to come together. We're supposed to encourage one another. But when we start giving up meeting, when we start saying, you know what, I don't need to go to church today. I can just kind of sleep in today. I, can, ah, I don't need to do that. I can, I can just watch online or things like that. And we just continue that pattern over and over and we isolate ourselves. We can find ourselves becoming the Grinch. God didn't create us to live by ourselves. He created us to live in community. Uh, other ways where we can isolate ourselves is we decide, uh, you know, I don't need to serve together. I know we, I come to church on Sunday mornings. That should be good enough. But we choose, you know, I'm not going to serve together. And, and we can isolate ourselves and, and that grinchy heart can start. Or maybe we're worshiping, we're singing uh, praises to Jesus together. And we think, ah, I don't have a very good voice. So I'm just going to keep quiet and let everybody else praise and worship Jesus today. But we isolate ourselves. You know, the Grinch didn't like singing. He, he didn't like all those who's down in Whoville's singing, you know, Fahudore or whatever those words are, right? He, he didn't like it. it. It hurt his ears. He didn't like that. And so sometimes when we get together and we worship Jesus, we need to do that together so we don't uh, pick up that Grinch heart. Or when we don't allow others to pray for us and to pray for others and, and all those different things, we can isolate ourselves and thus we become Grinchy. See, even inside the doors of a church, you can find yourself becoming a Grinch. See, Saul became a Grinch, and even though he was inside of the temple, uh, he still became Grinchy. So we need to stay humble. We need to stay connected. We need to meet new people. We need to pray for other people. We need to serve together. We need to allow, uh, allow others to pray for us. That's part of it. That's what being the church is like. They, they came together. They were united together. They ate together. They prayed together. They studied together. They learned together. They, they gave together. That's what the early church was, and that's what we need to be so we don't uh, pick up that spirit of the Grinch. 
like Saul did. See, Saul, if we were to write his story, uh, it could have been written this way. Every disciple in Israel loved Jesus a lot, but the Grinch who came from Tarsus did not. The Grinch hated Christians, especially Jesus, their rabbi. Now, please don't ask the reason. No one quite knows why. It could be, perhaps, that his sandals were too tight. could be that his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Every Christian down in Jerusalem, the small and the tall, didn't think there was any hope for this Grinch named Saul. Right? That, that could have been his story. I mean, he fits the character of the Grinch perfectly. See, I believe there's people in your life who you would consider unreachable like Saul. There, there's no hope. You've given up on them. They're opposed to the gospel. Maybe they're a different religion. Uh, maybe they're mean to you. Maybe they're just weird, and you don't even know what to do. I, I don't know what you deem as unreachable or, or the Grinch in your life, but how do we reach them? How do we reach the Grinch? So I'm going to give you two practical ways this morning that we can reach the Grinch. And the first one is this. Love the Grinch. Love the Grinch. That's how we can reach the Grinch is by loving him. So let's check back in uh, on our Grinch. You see, he was on his way to go arrest Christians in Damascus, right? But what he didn't know is at the same time, happening in Damascus, God was working in another way. So in Acts chapter 9, verse 10, we, we meet a guy named Ananias. Verse 10 says this, In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So God calls Ananias, and he says, Ananias, I want you to go and show some love to the Grinch. I want you to go and pray for Saul, right? I want you to go and pray for Saul. So that's, that's what he asked Ananias to do. So Ananias replies with, yes, Lord, of course, Lord, anything you want, Lord. No, he didn't. He replied with, not a chance, not a chance. God, do you know how Grinchy that Grinch is? Do you know what Saul has done? If I go in there, Saul is going to take me prisoner. If I go in there, Saul, is, he's, he's hurt my friends. He's done all these things. I can't go see that guy. You want me to go pray for him? Absolutely not. That guy is messed up. His soul is full of gunk. I'm not going to lay hands on him. I wouldn't even touch him with a 39 and a half foot pole, right? That's what Ananias tells God. Not a chance. Not going to the Grinch. Isn't that our typical response to Grinches in our lives? I'm not going to do that. No way. God, God, you want me to do what? No. No, that person's mean. That person's a bully. That person's not nice. What are they going to do to me? What are people going to think if I, if I go reach out to that person? No, I can't do that. But wasn't it Jesus who told us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Right? He told us to do that. He told us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. And that's what he's literally telling Ananias to do here. I know Saul's persecuting you guys, but I want you to go. I want you to lay hands on him. I want you to pray for him. I want you to get close. Don't just pray for him for a distance. I want you to go and lay hands on him and pray for him in person, your enemy, your persecutor. So verse 15, it says this, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. 
I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and he entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me to you so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So eventually Ananias, he did the unthinkable. He decided to reach out and go to, to Judas's house on Straight Street. He finds Saul and he lays his hands on him and he prays for his healing. Can you imagine how nerve-wracking that had to have been? To go to the guy who's persecuting you, to walk in there and boldly step in and say, hey, can I pray for you, Saul? I know that you're, you're against me, but, but I love you. Ananias chose to love the Grinch. See, what Ananias didn't know or maybe didn't fully know is what happened on the road before Saul got to Damascus. Jesus met him there and totally changed his heart. Totally turned him around. And so when Ananias walked in to show some love to the Grinch, it just confirmed what God was already doing. Uh, we've been showing clips from the original Grinch, but I also love the, the live-action Grinch. That, that one is one of my favorites of all time. And in the live-action Grinch, there's a little girl named Cindy Lou Who, right? And, and everybody hates the Grinch. They can't stand the Grinch. They're scared of the Grinch. They won't go up to Mount Crumpet because that's where the Grinch lives. And you stay away from that. Don't even talk. Don't even mention the name of the Grinch on Christmas because you don't know what's going to happen. So everybody didn't like the Grinch, but there was a little girl named Cindy Lou Who who said, you know what? I'm going to love the Grinch even when nobody else does. She thought, you know, maybe, just maybe the Grinch is so Grinchy because he doesn't have any friends. Because he doesn't have anyone to love him. So I, I need a volunteer to play Cindy Lou Who this morning. Do you have any volunteers to play Cindy Lou? All right. Come on down. You're the only volunteer. What's your name? Ella. Oh, well, Ella. That's a nice name. That's because I picked it out for you. This is my daughter, if you don't know. All right, Ella. So you get to play Cindy Lou Who today, right? And Cindy Lou in the movie... Uh, she decides to do something bold and something daring and something that was uh, just against what everybody thought she should do. She decided she was going to climb Mount Crumpet to reach the Grinch, to invite him to a holiday ce celebration and just to be his friend. She thought maybe that could change the Grinch. So, Ella, I want you to look around. Do you see the Grinch hiding anywhere? Look, look around. See if you can, you can find the Grinch anywhere. Do you see him? You see him? Where? You see him way up there? All right. Now, Ella, let me ask you a question. Are you willing to climb up that, that mountain of stairs to go reach the Grinch? Okay. Why don't you go get the Grinch and bring him back down here, okay? So go ahead. You run up there. Go use those stairs back there. You go get that Grinch. So while she's busy doing that, let me ask you this question. Are you willing to climb Mount Crumpet to reach the Grinch? Are you willing to climb Mount Crumpet to reach the Grinch? Are you willing to risk your status to reach out to that person who seems unlovable? Are, are you willing to risk friends to reach that person who seems unlovable? Are you willing to, to risk your comfort, to step outside of your comfort, to love the unlovable, to reach the Grinch? Even if they're a nasty, wasty sunk, right? Are you willing to reach the Grinch. See, if we want to reach the Grinch, we've got to be willing to climb Mount Crumpet. We do. If we want to reach the Grinch, we have to be willing to meet them where they are. 
If we want to reach the Grinch, then we got to be able to get our hands dirty and love on them even when they seem unlovable. Go ahead, bring, bring that Grinch up here. We finally tracked him down. Come on up here, Grinch. Good job. Would you give it up for Cindy Lou Who? Well done. You can go sit down now. Good job. He tracked down the Grinch. Looking good up here. Got anything to tell us, Grinch? Nope. He's shy. He's shy. But you know what? Jesus, he went and reached the Grinch all the time, right? He ate with sinners and tax collectors. He told Zacchaeus, hey, I'm going to your house today, right? I'm going to go over there. Even though everybody else says, stay away. Uh, he prayed for people. Not just people with broken arms and stuff, but people with leprosy. He wasn't scared to lay his hands on them. And, and he went and he met them where they are. He was willing to climb Mount Crumpet to reach the Grinch. So, Pastor Marco, why don't you share with us a little bit more about how we can reach the Grinch. Oh, you guys didn't know it was Pastor Marco. Hey, guys. How's it going? I can't see out of there at all. I ran straight into that door back there. <laughs> Uh, but it's such a pleasure to be before you guys this morning, and Pastor Ben has already had given you an incredible message. Um, and it was fun playing the Grinch. Thank you, Ella, for guiding me down the stairs. I uh, didn't think I was going to make it down. <laughs> had to kick a little peek out from underneath the, uh, the mask there. But, you know, what we want to talk about, since we're talking about reaching Grinches, um, there's another part of the story, too, where the Grinch steals Christmas. And how do we respond when it feels like the Grinch has stolen Christmas? Like when it feels like you've been preparing for this season, you've been really excited, looking forward to it, like Christmas, you've been really, really hoping on something only for it to feel like it's all been taken away. It doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel right. You know, I, I've really, really been wanting this one thing to happen. Or God, why didn't you do this one thing? And it just doesn't feel like it, it get, you know, you get there. And so we're going to take a quick look at the clip to show how did the Who's respond when Christmas was taken away from them. Humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, 
came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. That's a great video clip. I love that clip. And so much show because you see that the, the Who's response to the situation doesn't really almost make sense because it was so unfair. And it's not the way the Grinch expected them to act either. And it's not the way we could expect many of ourselves to act either when we face such a difficult situation. But even though the Grinch stole Christmas, they still had it. And they still decided to rejoice. They still decided to sing. And that action that they had to the situation that they were in, touched the Grinch's heart and moved him. In fact, uh, Pastor Ben and I even joked that he got saved, you know? <laughs> His heart drew two sizes that day, and that's what happens, you know, when you guys get saved, too. But, you know, it kind of reminds me, uh, you know, of, of Moses. And it, it's kind of a, I know you're thinking of stretch, you're like, man, how does this remind you of Moses? Well, not too long ago, in Children's Church, about probably about a month ago, our lesson was called Grit. And do you guys remember our lesson called Grit? Yeah? talked about when life gets really hard, it talks about to hold on to God when life gets really hard. And so, do you guys remember who was the main character that we talked about during Grit? Moses. That's right, Moses. And so, Moses went through a lot, like we can see. And what I want to talk about specifically is in Exodus 14, when he's escaping from, Is from the Egyptians with the Israelites by his side. Um, he gets stuck at the Red Sea with the Egyptians in pursuit from behind him. And that's one of those moments where it's like, man, I don't know what to do. It's kind of like Christmas in the Who's. He'd been building up and so excited and prepared for this one thing that God had promised him. He pro God had promised them freedom for them to only end up trapped. They were surrounded by the Egyptians, but also surrounded by the sea. They didn't have anywhere to go. It seemed like things were not on their side. And yet, although the Israelites groveled and said, Moses, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? And uh, though the Egyptians were out there behind them trying to get to them, what I really, really like is that Moses' response to the situation wasn't to give up either. Even though all odds were stacked against him, it seemed like everything was taken away from him, just like the Who's. He decided to continue to trust in God. And so just because the Grinch stole Christmas didn't stop the Who's from singing, just because Moses reached the Red Sea and the sea didn't part automatically didn't stop him from believing and praising. See, I always like to think that Moses reached to that point with the Israelites groveling around him and the Egyptians behind him. And he looked at this situation that he was within. His heart was heavy. He looked at the staff in his hands, and then he looked up and God said, God, I don't know what to do, but I trust you. And you see that powerful things happen when we continue to trust and praise God in difficult circumstances. And complete darkness is when God can move the most because that's the biggest need that we have for him to move. The bigger the battle, the bigger the blessing. And so that's why we shouldn't give up. But the awesome thing is, is that not only the most powerful thing that happened that moment was that the sea was parted, but something I don't think that many of us realize is that Israelites' hearts and lives were impacted from that moment on. 
And so you kind of wonder, what, what do I mean? Well, later on, we read about two characters by the name of Joshua and Caleb. And see, Joshua and Caleb are like really good friends with Moses. In fact, they go into the uh, promised land to go spy it out, night out, and they say, Moses, this looks good. This looks great. They've been got grapes probably about the size of their heads. I mean, I've never seen that, but I really want to. That sounds really cool. Uh, but it is so it, neat and interesting. And the other spies come back with them. The other spies are like, oh, no, Moses, we can't do this. We can't do this. This is too scary. The people there are giants. Uh, th- there's no way we can do this. We got to give up. And it's interesting to see how their fear that they had influenced the rest of the people. But just like fear can influence the rest of the people, so can faith. You know, we don't read about Caleb and Joshua earlier on in the Bible, and I was questioning why. When the Bible talks about great characters of faith, it always mentions them by name. It just doesn't say, hey, there was this guy and he had great faith. Because we want to know who they were. But earlier on during the Red Sea, where were Joshua and Caleb? And so I start to wonder and think that maybe Joshua and Caleb were among those Israelites that had given up and said, maybe we can't do this. But when they saw the faith that Moses had, that Moses decided to trust in God despite the circumstances that surrounded him, maybe that moved their hearts a little bit too. Maybe they found that, you know what, that God really is on our side. And so the reason that Joshua and Caleb weren't mentioned earlier on was because God was still doing a mighty work in them, so just like a powerful work of moving the sea, there was a powerful work being done in them. That the faith that we have when we face difficult circumstances, kind of like the who's, it impacts the people around us. And we may not realize it or not. You know, when things get really, really hard, when push comes to shove, and it's so easy to want to give up, that when we decide instead to be like the who's, and instead to be like Moses, even though there's darkness around us, that we continue to praise and continue to trust, that powerful things happen just not in our lives but in the lives of other individuals. That maybe they'll see the way that you wrestle with your faith but continue to push on and say, you know what, I needed that. That you, your faith was an inspiration to me. And truthfully, we can see through the whole Bible that the faith of the characters we read in the Bible has been an inspiration to us. So just as the faith that we've read about has pushed us on the faith that we have is going to help push others on when we face difficult circumstances. And so the key point that Pastor Ben wanted to make sure that I made was that when we face these difficult, difficult circumstances, when it feels like the Grinch steals Christmas, when the enemy really came to do what he said he would do, steal, kill, and destroy, we got to keep on loving God. Because when we keep on loving God, like I said, powerful things happen not just in our lives, but in the lives of other individuals as well. Thank you, Pastor Marco, a.k.a. the Grinch today. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, when we, when we love God, when we keep on loving God in difficult circumstances, uh, God can change the Grinch's heart. When we love on the Grinch, God can change the Grinch's heart. God can do that. And, and so just to, just to kind of wrap up today, kind of to put a bow on it, uh, we see that loving God and loving the Grinch can change the Grinch's heart. It can create the right environment for hearts to grow. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 18, we see the conclusion of this story. In verse 18, it says, immediately, something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, right? His heart grew three sizes that day. The Grinch's heart was forever changed. In fact, you could could put the end of his story this way. And what happened then? Well, in Damascus, they say, Saul's vile heart grew three sizes that day. And the true light of Jesus came shining through, and Saul found the boldness of ten Christians plus two. 
You see, he was overflowing with the Holy Spirit, so he shared the good news with anyone who would hear it. And now that his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed around the Mediterranean, spreading the light. With a smile on his soul, he made many merry, and Saul, the Grinch himself, became a missionary. See, Saul became Paul. Uh, his story was just beginning. God gave him uh, a new identity. His name no longer struck fear into people's heart, but his name brought joy. His name was synonymous with, he's going to share Christ with you. He's going to tell you uh, the way to live. His heart was forever changed. Why? Because Ananias said, you know what? I'm going to love the Grinch even when nobody else does. When we keep on loving God and, and loving the Grinch, right? Or what's our mission statement? When we love God and love people, we got to share Christ, right? And we can share Christ simply by loving God and by loving people. Those are amazing ways. So today, I want to let you know there's no one unreachable. And Lana, if you would come, there's no one unreachable. See, Jesus went and he, he died on that cross for all of us so that all could be saved, so that all could know Jesus so that all could have an opportunity. So don't give up on those Grinches in life. Don't give up on those people that just seem too hard, or those people who are difficult, those people who feel, you know, their heart's a little bit small. God's not done with them yet. If God can save Saul, then he can save that person in your life that you've been praying for for a long time. That person in your life who, who, who doesn't like you. That person in your life who is, who is anti-God, who is, who is anti-Jesus, uh, who, who is just, again, I believe that God can use you to reach the Grinch. He's done it before and he can do it again. So are we willing to climb Mount Crumpet to reach the Grinch? Right? Why, why do we do that? Why do we sacrifice all those things? Why do we do things that are difficult? Because the reward is greater than the risk. The reward's greater than the risk. See, there's a lot more people in heaven today because Ananias went and he prayed for Saul. There's a lot more people. Saul himself and all the people that, that Paul, who was Saul, uh, went out and he reached and, and he spoke Jesus to. You just never know. Sometimes the people who are most opposed to the gospel can be the, the greatest champions of the gospel. We never know. Don't give up on somebody. Let's go out and let's reach the Grinch. And Jesus was willing to come to this world, to come to us, to reach out to you, to reach out to me. The least we can do is go across the street to reach our neighbor or go, go to the next cubicle to reach our boss. Right? What do we need to do to reach the Grinch? What do we need to do? What mountain do we need to climb? Jesus was willing to climb Mount Calvary die on the cross. What mountain are we willing to climb? Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you uh, as we close today, and, and I just want to challenge you. Who do you need to reach out to today? Who do you need to pray for uh, this week? Who do you need to share Jesus with this week? Who do you need to share Christ with this week? So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come together today. God, thank you that, that you've given us the ultimate gift of your son. God, we thank you for the Grinches in our, in our lives. Lord, you, you said that we need to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So, God, we, we pray today for the Grinches. God, we lift them up to you. God, we, we pray that you would bless them. 
God, even in their, their anger, even in their bitterness, even, even in, in their sin, Lord, we, we pray that your blessing would be upon their lives. And, and God, that they would realize that it comes from you, the Lord Most High. God, give us ways to love on them. Give us ways to pray for them. Give us ways to reach out to them. And even when we're in difficult circumstances, God, I pray that we would stay faithful to you. That we would stay faithful to you through the storms, through the worries of this life, that others would take notice. So we thank you. Be with us today as we celebrate this Christmas day, this day of your birth. Uh, be with us as we leave this place. And we pray for your safety on, on the roads as we go as well. In Jesus' name, amen.